0: Hi friends, how are you today? My name is Bailey Sarian and today is Monday, which means it's Murder, Mystery and Makeup Monday. So if you're new here, hi. Every Monday I sit down, I talk about a true crime story that's been heavy on my noggin and I do my makeup at the same time. Okay, so now let's jump into today's story. And just a heads up, today's story is pretty rough. Sorry. This story involves sexual abuse and assault. um, And sadly, some children, I'm not going to go into great detail about what happened to them, just kind of lightly touch on it. But I just wanted to give you guys a heads up and I can understand if you want to skip. Also, last thing I promise, this story takes place in the UK. Ukraine, (laughs) I can't even say Ukraine correctly. I can barely speak English correctly, so bear with me. I probably most likely will get some names wrong, okay? Shout out to you, Ukraine, it's your turn. Today we're going to talk about Andre Chikatilo. Andre, 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 what a Sick. Holy crap, I had no idea about this guy. A little backstory on Andre. So he was born October 16th in 1936, and he was born in Yablichne, <laughs> Ukraine. And this is a village in the heart of rural Ukraine in the USSR. During the 1930s, Ukraine was best known as the breadbasket of the Soviet Union. He was born during a famine due to Joseph Stalin's forced collectivization of of agriculture. Crops were being taken from farmers to be distributed to other cities and countries, but the government took too much and thousands of people starved to death during this time. Of course, there's a lot more to it than the government just took too much. Stalin's policies of this collectivization caused widespread hardship and famine that wiped out the population. At the time of Andre's birth, the effects of the famine were still widely felt and and his upbringing was really rough. I think that's fair to say. They didn't have much. The family, uh, they really had nothing. The situation was made worse when the USSR entered World War II against Germany. Andre was believed to have suffered from hydrocephalus. I don't know if you know this, I'm not a doctor, but based off of what I've Googled, build up a fluid that happens uh, within your brain and it happens like at birth. Now it's said it's what caused him to have urinary tract problems later in life, like bedwetting into his late teens teenage years and later he wasn't able to keep an erection, but he was still able to ejaculate, which oddly enough, we're gonna talk about later. (laughs) I never thought I'd be here putting on makeup talking about boners and ejaculation, but here we are, surprised myself. Now Andre's father worked as a farmer. Unfortunately, at that time, his parents were not paid for their, their work at all. Instead, they were allowed to plant their own crops on a small patch of land behind the tiny hut they lived in and they were able to to keep that food as their own instead of getting paid. The family rarely had enough food and often ate grass and leaves to survive. Andre's mom tells him that he had an older brother named Stephen and that at age four, Stephen had been kidnapped, killed and eaten by the neighbors. But this happened before Andre was born. And due to the state of the country at the time, there was no way to prove whether or not Steven had actually existed. So his mom would always talk about his brother, Steven. Nobody knew if this was real or not. So once the Soviet Union entered the Second World War, Andre's father left to aid the war. It's not like he really wanted to, but at the same time, they didn't have money. They didn't have food. It was best if he went. And sadly, talk about a effed up just life in general, like this is awful. Andre's father left to aid the war, and then while his father was away, Andre's mother, she was raped by a German soldier. She became pregnant, his mother gave birth to his sister Tatiana. Andre says that he witnessed his mom being raped by this soldier, which is... Meanwhile, while his father was out in the war, his father was captured, held prisoner, and then shamed by his country for, quote, allowing himself to be captured. The media puts out there that Andre's father was captured and held prisoner. So then everybody kind of knew that this happened and it was Andre's father. So when Andre went to school, he was now being bullied because of his father's cowardice. At school, it just got really bad to the point where Andre just didn't even talk anymore when he went to school. He didn't even say one word. He was just trying to disappear pretty much. Now at the age of 15, Andre tried to overpower one of his little sister's friends. She was 11 at the time and he overpowered her with the intent to to rape her. Andre ejaculated during the struggle and then he felt shame, he felt humiliated. Somehow his schoolmates got word about him trying to overpower a girl, a young girl, and then he, he wasn't able to keep an erection and he jizzed early he ejaculated early, so once his schoolmates found out about what happened with the young girl, he got bullied even harder. So Andre at this point is feeling like he really can't do anything right. He tried to overpower someone and rape them, and in his mind, he's like, I can't even effing do that right. So after finishing high school, Andre was like, Cool, I'll go to um, to Moscow State University. But Andre had failed his entry exam, so he couldn't go to Moscow State University. Instead, he went into the national service. He then moved to, I'm just gonna put the name here because, um so he moved here in 1960 and he moved there with the intention to become a telephone engineer. So his younger sister actually ended up moving in with him and she became concerned about his lack of success with women and just the fact that he was like a shut off or shut in, he had no social life. So she set him up on a date with a local girl who was also kind of like her friend, she set them up I don't know you guys, she just set them up, okay? They ended up liking each other and they ended up getting married in 1963. So even with Andre's inability to keep an erection and his lack of interest in sex, um, the two, the couple were still able to have two children and live what seemed to be a quote unquote normal life. But of course, a normal life, nay nay I say. In 1971, Andre decided to become a school teacher, but that didn't last long because he was asked to resign. Why was he asked to resign? because several students reported him for incidents of assault, sexual assault, either exposing himself or being inappropriate with the, the school kids. The police were never involved and he was able to move to work at a new school. So then on December 2nd, 1979, this is when Andre committed his first murder. The victim was a nine-year-old girl and he lured her to an abandoned shed. He tried tried again to rape her and he ejaculated from the the struggle. He then sadly stabbed the girl to death and then he through her body in like a foresty area where there was a, a river nearby and he, he left her there. So an eyewitness said that they had seen Andre with the girl but his wife, Andre's wife, gave the police a strong alibi saying that he was home at the time and nope, sorry, it wasn't him. No, don't stand up for Nope, mm-mm, bye. So because he had this strong alibi from his wife who seemed to have no reason to lie. Police stopped uh, questioning Andre as a suspect and started looking elsewhere. They had no reason to, to think it was him. Instead, there was another man who was on police's mind who probably committed this crime. And it was a 25 year old man named Alexander because Alexander actually had on his record a previous rape conviction that led police to think okay, he's in the area, it was probably him. So he was arrested and taken in to be questioned and after hours of brutal interrogation, he confessed to the murder. He was tried for the murder and then he was found guilty and then executed for it. Now there are a lot of rumors as to like, why well, why did he confess then? It's said that when you're in the room being questioned or interrogated, when they say it's brutal, it's brutal. To the point where you confess just to get them to stop. So for the next three years, Andre didn't commit any more murders. Maybe because he he got spooked that he almost got caught. We don't really know. But Andre was no longer allowed to teach because of the many rumors that he had been inappropriate with, with the children. No one wanted him to teach their children. Nobody wanted him to be a teacher and he got let go and this time were traveled and he wasn't able to find work at any school district. So instead, Andre took a job as a clerk for a mining company. Now with this job, he got to travel often to different little towns, cities, uh, but he got to travel and it gave him opportunity to kill and then get the hell out of there. Andre actually took that opportunity while he was traveling for work. He, on September 3rd, 1981, he killed a 17 year old girl. He took her to like a forest area to prevent her from screaming. Andre gagged her with dirt and grass. Then he just left her body like it was trash. Now at this point, Andre became more comfortable and established his pattern of how he was gonna do this. He would befriend children at train stations, both male and female, lure them into the wooded area or like a very secluded area, and then he would kill them and mutilate their bodies. In a number of cases, he ate the sexual organs or removed other parts of their body, such as the tips of their noses or tongues. In the earliest cases, the common pattern, he would slash across the eye sockets and remove the eyeballs in many of the cases. And the reason that he did this was kind of like an old, Folk's tale, an old urban legend in his area that believed victims before they died, they left an imprint of their last scene before their death like on their eyes. So he felt like if he cut their eyes out, it wouldn't leave an imprint of who their killer was to authorities. Now at this time, there hadn't been a lot or many serial killers in the Soviet Union. Evidence of brutal murders or abuse of children was often suppressed by the state-controlled media. Even still, many people were beginning to talk and rumors were spreading around town about these killings and these bodies that were being found, even though the media wasn't acknowledging it at all. So it was getting out just strictly word of mouth. So in 1983, Moscow detective Mikhail Festov took control of the case. He quickly realized that he was working with a serial killer and enlisted in the help of forensic analysis Victor. So when they were trying to figure out who could be responsible for these killings, detectives went through a list of known sex offenders in the area. And then police used brutal tactics to get people to confess for the crimes. All these people that they were bringing in and they were getting getting false confessions, Victor was skeptical because semen samples from the crime scene told police that they were looking for someone with the blood type of A, B and none of these people were matching that. Now in 1984, there was like a rising amount of murders going on. So police were really cracking down and really trying to figure out Who was this killer? So there just seemed to be police everywhere. And this was making Andre a little nervous because it seemed a little bit harder to kind of get away to a secluded area when there's just police officers everywhere, which then led to Andre getting arrested at a train station. Got arrested because he was acting suspicious. They said acting suspiciously, but we're here. So sus- he was acting suspicious at the train station. So police thought he was a little weird. He was kind of acting weird. He was looking around. So he was brought in. So they ended up getting Andre's blood type to see if he matched the killer's blood type, right? And it came back that Andre's um, blood type was A. So he was not questioned for the murders because he didn't have the correct blood type. but he was imprisoned for three months for outstanding minor offenses. Now, what wasn't known at the time was that Andre belonged to a small percentage of the population called non-secretors. Now, this means that the only way to get his true blood type would be from a blood test. His semen samples would appear as type AB, but his saliva test would appear as type A. Police had a sample of the semen and not necessarily the the spit or the saliva so it didn't match Andre and he was able to ex- escape conviction for six more years baby. I'm telling you every video is like hey we got him oh just kidding but Andre did get arrested and put in prison like I had mentioned for three months for just like kind of small petty crimes. Now police really struggled to find new leads or any type of like breaks in this case. For a while there, the murders had had stopped completely. So the police thought, well maybe the murderer had died or gone to prison. So Andre started killing again in 1988. Now at this point, Andre was becoming very reckless and by reckless, I mean um, sloppy. Hear me out. He was killing just a lot of people. He was killing a lot of people very quickly and in public places where the chances of him getting caught were were high, okay? And it kind of seems like he wanted to get caught, but that's just an observation on my end. I don't, I, I can't speak for him. I don't, he's just being messy, I guess. I feel like sloppy is not the right term. On November 6th, 1990, why do I do this to myself every time? 1990, Andre was interviewed after acting, once again, suspicious at a train station. He had literally just come from killing his final victim. He was just acting really strange. So police brought him in and they questioned him. At that point, they did a background check on him and they saw that he had previous offenses like, um, I don't know, being inappropriate with children in his class. So when police see this, it puts a red flag on him and then the police start to surveillance him. Once they released him, that's when they started just following him around and listening into to his calls, stuff like that. November 20th, 1990, Andre was arrested when police found him at a train station acting suspiciously. He really needed to get away from the train stations, but he just couldn't do it, I guess. So when Andre was taken into custody, he refused to admit that he had anything to do with the murders and then a psychiatrist was brought in and he wanted to speak to Andre and learn about a serial killer's mind because he was working on a book. This was a lie. So when Andre heard like, oh my God, you're working on a book about me? Okay, I'll tell you whatever you want. And then Andre just was flattered that this guy wanted to do a book about his story. And he began to tell the psychiatrist every little detail of every murder. Now Andre went on to claim that he killed 56 people. Bitch, 56 people is what he claimed. At first you're thinking like, okay, that's what he's claiming. He probably didn't kill that many jesus take the wheel they found 53 of these victims so only 53 could be verified but andre said that i killed 56 so you're missing three figure it out which is just like i can't even believe that's a lot of people i don't know why i've never heard of this guy anyways so yeah andre was like yeah it was only it was only 56 people only So police had only known about 36 victims, but they weren't even sure if they were all from the same person. It was just kind of like unsolved deaths. But Andre confirmed that those all belonged to him plus 20 more. Now Andre did lead police to where he left his victims to show like where everybody was. Andre then went to court on April 14th, 1992. He was declared sane to stand trial. During the trial, he was kept in an iron cage to keep him separated from the families of the victims. His behavior during the trial was like all over the place. He'd sing, he'd speak gibberish. Sometimes he just appeared bored, but like a theatrical bored where it's just like, You know, not like a just, yeah, you get what I'm saying. It's reported that at one time he stood up, he dropped his trousers and waved his penis at the crowd. So. October 15th, 1992, Andre was found guilty for 52 murders. He was given 52 death sentences. Andre tried to file for appeals on the basis that the psychiatrist who had given him the go to stand trial was being biased. His appeals were refused and on Valentine's Day, February 14th, 1994, he was executed by one shot to the back of the head. Do they still do that out there? Now like I had mentioned, I had never heard about this guy before, so when I was reading about this my mind was blown, he killed a lot of people. He just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And I mean, there's just no words for this guy. He's absolutely disgusting, 52, I mean 53, 56. What the fuck, Andre, that's not good. I don't know, man. Anyways, I know we all, we, we all agree he's guilty, right? No one should disagree with that. How are we doing? Are we okay? All right, well, thank you guys so much for coming here and hanging out with me today. I just wanna say a big thank you again to you guys for all of the love and support you always send my way. It really means more than you know, and I, I, I know I sound cheesy, but I really can't say thank you enough. I really can't. I hope you have a wonderful day today. You make good choices. Please, please, please be safe out there. Until next time, bye.